the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, and I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses hopefully become more profitable. People think that uh, you have to be black and live in Silicon Valley to be a member of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. That's not true. If you come into our offices, located at 25 North 14th Street, Suite 505, you'll see other business owners and chamber members that, quite frankly, look like heaven. And we have even some businesses that are out of state. Why? Everyone wants to be connected to technology here in Silicon Valley. But you have to be what? Connected. Mm -hmm. That's why we do what? Silicon Valley Business Connections Radio Show. In the studio, we have our producer and co-host, Carl Welsh, KW, hey. affectionately known as Big Papa. Yeah. Who do we have on the show today, Carl? Well, first, I want to say, I'm not sure if I want to go to your office if everyone <laughs> there looks like they're in heaven. I ain't ready to go there yet. But uh, today, we're proud to have Dr. Shagan Thomas. I love that name, Shagan Thomas. Dr. Thomas is the uh, chief executive officer of Thomas Global Technologies, the uh, acronym TGT. TGT is a uh, technology company in the United States that focuses on high technology development in the United States and worldwide, uh, high technology infrastructure deployment in emerging markets. uh, And as well, they concentrate on projects uh, that are enabled by sophisticated communication technologies, uh, some of which are available for commercial deployment by uh, TGT. So um, I, I would have to, and considering the fact that you worked with NASA, Dr. Shagan, and I'd like to uh, welcome you to the show, were you the one that actually lost the rover on Mars with your communications? Was that you? Come on. No, 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 no. Wasn't you? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. We we worked a little bit on uh, some of those uh, programs. Yeah, but, man, that's you know, incredible. Right. It's like I can't even get a phone call from my house to my son at school, but you guys are talking to a rover that are how many millions and, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of miles away? That's that's some incredible work that you guys do. So why don't you tell us a little bit about about um, um, uh, Thomas Global Technologies. Then I, I, we'd love to kind of transition later on into uh, the partnership for an e- economic development that you do uh, here and uh, within the, in, within uh, Angola as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to give you a brief uh, background of myself and the company, as you rightly pointed out, TGT is a high-technology company. We are focused on uh, the development of uh, 
high technologies and the development also of people and of cities and countries uh, around the world. Uh, from a personal standpoint, um, I have a PhD in engineering from uh, Columbia University in New York. I spent about 25 years in the uh, space industry. Um, I disengaged about three years ago to form TGT. Uh, by the time I left, I had served as uh, Director of Advanced Engineering and Chief Technology Officer for the division of my company in Houston, where we work at the NASA Cushing Space Center. I led about 500 engineers and scientists uh, working on various programs, such as uh, the Space Shuttle, the Space Station, wow. the Orion program, that the new vehicle that they're building. And we did also a lot of uh, robotic work. Um, we worked on uh, Hubble robotic mission because they were thinking about repairing the Hubble telescope with uh, just robots and not astronauts. Uh, we worked on that. And we worked on uh, advanced concepts like uh, the liquid uh, flyback booster, uh, several advanced systems to go to um, different destinations and different planets. So that... That's incredible. Yeah, typically was uh, uh, a day in the life of uh, Shagun Thomas uh, in the aerospace industry. But as we went through all that, and uh, it was very interesting work because, you know, um, the aerospace industry is fascinating for engineers because the tasks are challenging. It's always something new every day. But spending 25 years there, I started looking at what I could do. And uh, Carl Davis and I talked about that before. And what we could do using our experience, expertise and network to start to benefit or to make a bigger impact, especially on African-Americans and black people in general throughout the world. Mm -hmm. okay. So actually, even, even while I was uh, uh, still with my company, uh, <clears throat> we at least made sure that we went to um, we conducted recruitment events and we went to HBCUs to actually recruit. And it was it started as a good thing and a bad thing type of situation because when a lot of African Americans came into the environment, we lost most of them within two years. Wow! I started yep. scratching our heads, looking at why that happened. Yeah, now that's interesting. Yeah, the main reason that happened was that with most people coming into that environment, it's highly specialized, highly sophisticated. Right. You depend on mentors and people to show you around, to show you the ropes. And because there weren't that many African-Americans in the aerospace industry at that time, mm -hmm. these young engineers coming in, into the system didn't have anybody to do that for them. So they got very frustrated and they got very poor uh, evaluations and they left. Well, so you know, what, that's still the case right now, Shagan. I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to go back to that. But that's still the issue that they have right now here in Silicon Valley. It's called retention. You know, they can hire the folks, but they can't keep them. Go ahead. Maybe, maybe you and I need to talk about that separately, Carl, because what we did was actually interesting, and it worked. We then formed what we called at that time the African-American Aerospace Network. 
And that was a network of highly placed African Americans within the aerospace industry in the community. It didn't matter which company you work for. As long as you're an African American, you could join the team. And the NASA uh, uh, executives were also on the team. So what we were able to do was then to show the young engineers coming into the system what they needed to do, the assignments they needed to take, mm-hmm. and how they needed to conduct themselves within the workplace. I'll give you a very interesting example here. I don't want to take too much time talking about this, but it's, it's a very serious issue that we are addressing here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Take your time. Now, a lot of African-Americans, we work very hard, and this young individuals coming into the environment, they had like two or three jobs, okay? So they came in, worked till around 4.30, and they left very quickly, not doing overtime, not working on extra, extra stuff at work, but because they had to go to their other jobs, okay? Not knowing that they would make more money, they will make a better impression, and they will make better connections, staying longer at their current job, right. regular jobs. Yeah. So those are the types of things that we have to teach them right. in order to make an impression on them that creating <clears throat> a positive, uh, what would you call it, um, well, positive impression of yourself at your job is very important. Right. Well, that shows you how important mentoring is. And, and you guys sort of created that that uh, uh, fraternity organization, fraternity sorority organization, uh, so that you can share information, uh, divulge uh, important uh, information and uh, and help with retention in those with, with some of those engineers. And that's an, that's like Carl said, that's a very, very, very important thing that we're having to deal with here in Silicon Valley these days as well. Absolutely. And it's important everywhere. Right. And I don't want to overemphasize this, but even in colleges, because I went to predominantly uh, 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 Caucasian schools or non-African American, what you find is that most of the students, when they're in these fraternities or through their connections, even in doing homeworks, they have, all these fraternities have uh, what would you call it, um, a file full of answers to homeworks that all these students had access to and African-Americans right. didn't, right. okay? So this is something that has translated to the workplace. And a lot of people don't talk about it, but if you talk about other ethnic groups, like the Asians, right. they have their group, they meet, but we don't. Right. Why? Right. Okay, so that's what we need to address and correct. Man, that's powerful, Shagan. You know, um, we only got about a minute for this segment, uh, but I definitely want to talk to you about that because that's, um, that's a media perception that uh, has tried to drive a wedge between uh, African Americans and Africans themselves. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but let's just leave it right there right now because we want to take a small, a small break and we'll be back. You're listening to the Silicon Valley Business Connection. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. 
or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Uh, we're back. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections, and we have Dr. Shagan Thomas with us from TGT. And uh, during the break, Carl and I and you were talking about the, you know what you're trying to put together for having uh, black businesses actually partner with Angola businesses and bring well-known companies over to Angola. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Shagan? Absolutely. So what we talked about earlier was about networking and mentoring. And this is exactly that, but on a much bigger scale. Just a little bit of a background. The country of Angola is in sub-Saharan Africa. It's the third largest economy on the continent after the economy of Nigeria and South Africa. The, it's a primarily oil exporting country, but the population of Angola is just about 25 million. So the GDP per capita is really, really high. Essentially, it's a very, the individuals are really very rich. So what happened was a couple of years ago, because the economy was heavily dependent on oil, the fall in oil prices caused a lot of dislocation within the economy. So the government decided that they needed to diversify. And that's how this program, which is called Partnership for Economic Development, PED, evolved. We've been working with the government of Angola now for about seven to eight months. They identified five or six different areas that they've now classified as focus areas that they want to develop. Number one is renewable energy. Then number two is agriculture, agro-manufacturing, Mining, in mining, they've given specifically diamond, gold, copper, and granite. Angola is the second biggest diamond producer on the continent next to South Africa. They have a lot of gold, they have a lot of copper as well. In the finance area, they have really, really very strong financial companies and banks but these banks are looking for recapitalization, and we can talk about that later on. And the last area is hotel and tourism. Hotels, they want to bring four or five-star hotels into Luanda, which is the capital of Angola. And they're also looking at developing various areas like dude ranch or safari-type tourism um, uh, situations. So... What have they done so far? In terms of this particular project, what we've been able to do with the government of Angola is now to start negotiating with them for a lot of incentives and guarantees. If any company, no matter how big or small, like ExxonMobil, ExxonMobil is in Angola, Chevron is in Angola today, but in the oil sector. But be- before they can actually get to work there, most of these processes take anywhere between two to five years. So we've taken all that off the table for the companies and work the incentives and guarantees, work the licenses, work the uh, availability of land, 
also work towards getting captive markets. We talk about renewable energy. If anybody's coming to build a renewable energy plant, let's say 100 megawatts, for example, we can then look towards how they can sell the whole 100 megawatts uh, for five years, and they don't have to worry about where to go to market it. So a lot of things have been done now to clear the path for any company coming in. Now, well, let me ask you a question. With that, if you if you do something like that, and you have some some huge industries there: renewable energy, mining, oil, hotel, and tourism. Aren't there already large scale companies like you say, Mobiles? There doing some uh, um, uh, oil. I'm sure China's probably out there doing some work. Um, um, and I'm not sure if your financing is going through the African Union. Um, how how is it that uh, smaller companies, especially if, if you're looking to doing business with uh, African American or black companies, uh, how, is, is it is it really going to be easier for them to go in and do work uh, through you guys? And do they go through the government, or are they going through uh, specific uh, organizations that's working with the government? Ordinarily, they would have had to go through the government, and the entity they would have had to go through is called UTIP. You can Google Google them up. I, mm-hmm. I don't have their yeah. So anybody doing business in the country will have to go through UTIP, okay? UTIP is right in the uh, president's office. Now, UTIP is aligned with this program, and anything, anything that you want to do that's associated with this program will... Well, I, I don't want to say automatically approved, but we'll have an easier path to approval. Now, the African-American businesses that are smaller businesses that want to participate, this is an opportunity for them now to team with maybe a, a larger business. Now, talking about financing, we've also addressed that because there are a lot of very large institutional financial organizations that we are trying to bring on board. The Exim Bank, U.S. Exim Bank is right. on board. Um, the Afri Exim Bank is on board. Um, oh, well, hopefully, <laughs> I don't want to start mentioning some of these uh, uh, companies' names uh, on the air, but right, right. we have very, very large financial institutions that are on board that will be on standby for any company that needs financing. They will still have to go through the vetting process, right. but they are already standing by to finance. And we're talking about financing up to $250 million, million projects. And so the Partnership for Economic Development, you guys are allowing companies to come through with you guys to go through uh, hotel and tourism, mining, financing, agriculture, which is, I think is a big one out there, which is interesting to talk about uh, as far as uh, water and, and distribution of water and how you guys are actually doing it. Are you doing a hydroponic type of work uh, and right. renewable energy? Those are those are some uh, um, pretty lucrative industries to bring uh, companies and small businesses in, in, uh, in Angola. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's the key, and that's what why Carl and I, uh, Carl Davis and I, are so excited about this. The better looking it, Carl, yeah, <laughs> because it now provides an opportunity that that's been shut shut off from us for a long time, mm-hmm. right? So th- th- this is this is a really really great opportunity to to, to kind of get into international business, which is actually very lucrative, because what we found out, and this is not just African-American businesses, all U.S. businesses really don't know a lot about what's going on internationally. 
Right. Not only about sub-Saharan Africa, but what is going on internationally. Because the economy of the U.S. is so big that sometimes they could care less about what, what goes on internationally. Man, I want, I, to, I want, I want you to say, uh, stay on this point about, you know, that entree to get over there. Normally it takes, what, two to five, or up to five or six visits to go over there and do business, and that costs you, like, thousands of dollars to build a relationship uh, I, I think you're. I think you're giving people an opportunity to shorten that significantly. Yes, 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 and that's a great point that you just made. Uh, you have to go there. You have to take a trip there. You have to arrange to meet with the ministers. You have to arrange to uh, file this uh, form. All that is being done. Uh, in the financial community, they talk about de-risking a project. We have done a lot to de-risk this project. And in terms of the market, the pent-up market for any of the products that is being produced is so huge. Energy, for example, uh, look, you cannot produce enough energy to satisfy the market in terms of electricity. Agriculture, uh, we're talking about agro-manufacturing as well. You can now start producing maybe uh, canned goods or maybe chocolate from cocoa, maybe uh, some refined, uh, uh, maybe what, uh, tires from rubber. There are a lot of things that could be done. All they need to do now is ju- just to come to the table. Hey, can I ask you a question, Shagan? Because we've got about a minute and a half. Um, there's an event you're doing in June that if people are listening to, they can, one, find out more information, but they actually can get engaged this June, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening in D.C. in June? Yes. So what we're trying to do is to bring everybody together in D.C. in June, but prior to coming to uh, D.C., uh, please contact Carl Davis and uh, indicate your interest, and then we'll put you on a list. We'll match you with uh, local partners. We'll match you with... Uh, investment companies will march you with the relevant ministries. And what we hope to do in June is a summit that brings everybody together now and hopefully get a letter of intent or a letter of interest and beyond June to form what we call the special purpose vehicle that will now actually implement this project. Hey, so can, the can I give them a little bit of information to shake them before we run out of time? Because that's June 15th. And it's going to be at the Omni Sheraton, right, in Washington, exactly. D.C.? Right. And if they right. want more information, obviously they can contact the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. And our number is 408-288-8806. Um, any other thing you want to say, Shagan, as we wrap it up in about another 30 seconds or so? Right. They can also contact the U.S. Angola Chamber of Commerce in Washington, Washington D.C., and their website is www.us-angola.org. And they'll get the information they need, but they can just contact you. You have a lot of information on the program. Man, Shagan, we really enjoyed this, man. We're out of time, but we want to thank you for uh, coming on the show today. And if he, anybody heard that, you want more information, you can go to blackchamber.com and uh, look under podcasts. And we're going to start putting these shows under podcasts. Until then, just stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. 
That's blackchamber.com or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.